Noise department. Like, I just sipped it on the rocks with a little lime, and I was like, oh, my God. I felt like I was back in 2021, and life was simple again, and I was sipping tequila on the rocks like a crazy woman. And, like, all of that just came flooding back. Like, the flavor was really there. It's like sense memory. It's like smelling your teenage boyfriend from far away, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, these are dreamy little things. This is Thirst Trap, a beverage industry podcast. And I'm your host, Tracy Bradley. So, as it turns out, I am today years old. When I figured out that I do not know our guest today from my time as mascot of the fabulous Sin City Roller Girls. Um, You could have knocked me over with a feather this whole time. I thought that that's how I knew her. And I do not know her from that. I just know her from where do I know you from? That's what we were trying to figure out is um, I think we deduced that it was through mutual friends and Motor City Cafe, New York Cafe, good old Scotty, may he rest. And that whole crew of, you know, amazing, mostly surf dudes yeah. that we've been hanging with and around since I moved here in 09. So yeah. Yeah. So I think it's it. just a super small town. We've managed to uh, be friends that long. And of course it just was effortless. Yeah. Well, you, you make friendship effortless. Oh, thanks. And I, and I, I appreciate that. And a friend, you shouldn't have to work for that. That's true. So today our guest is Sarah Ryan Moses, and we are talking about mocktails today, which is a huge trend in the beverage industry. And I just think that it's something that's important that we talk about because I decided uh, when I started this podcast that I wanted to cover all beverages, not just alcohol, because there, there's p- people, not everybody drinks alcohol. And and people like to be in the know still about what the latest trend is, whether it be alcohol or not alcohol. So welcome, Sarah. How are you today? I'm great. Great. Got a day off from bartending so I could come and hang out with you a little bit. Talk about mocktails, which has become over the last couple of years since I quit drinking myself um, just like two years and a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've of course delved into mocktails, so I have something to enjoy with friends. When I go out at first, it was a need for transition. It was literally a need to have something in my hand to sip on, to fulfill that part of an old habit. And as it became less a need to fulfill a habit, it became more of a way to continue enjoying And it is a culinary venture a lot of the time. I think about my cocktail making in that same sense. Um, Mocktailing, we've been so lucky that more and more products are coming out that are some are just straight substitutes, um, well-made alcohol-free versions of spirits that we know and love. Like Damrak Gin makes this virgin. It's the only thing they make besides their gin. They're fantastic. It's it stands up in a cocktail. And so like those little craving things, like I still once in a while crave a flavor. It's not about craving a feeling. It's not about missing 
getting drunk or imbibing. It's a flavor profile at that point. So it's like recreating a dish. It's the same thing. So that's been really cool. And it's awesome. I have more and more friends that are into it, whether they are just taking a little break or if they just don't want something alcoholic at that moment. Not everyone that drinks sometimes drinks all the time. So yeah, this has been really fun. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely speak to that. I don't drink all the time. I drink. And I know that about you too. Once in a great while. And of course, my beloved does not drink. So, and that's how we discovered you and your, the, the, your mocktails pretty much because we were at your, your place of work and you said that you could make anything on the cocktail menu into a mocktail. And I mean, within reason, there's probably a couple things on there that we really would have to do kind of a riff or like a, a real basic idea, but um, like virtually anything on our standard cocktail menu can be made into a spiritless version. So that's been really cool finding those products that will substitute out and making those switches and, you know, the non-alcoholic distillates versus just components. Like it used to be that we didn't have a lot of stuff to make mocktails with. And then you have all these companies coming out with different versions of botanicals and just things, just flavor, just accents to put in your beverages. And they're well-made and they're coming together so beautifully that we're actually able to make stuff that you get the, the spirit of the spirit without the alcohol. I think that's so yeah. awesome too. And I'm glad that you um, were able to do that. I think I made you an alcohol-free painkiller and like you tasted them side to side. Like it really does stand up. Now we've figured out that there's some tweaks that have to be made with a lot of the products because they're not the same flavor. It doesn't have the same bite as your spirit bourbon is going to have, but that alcohol-free bourbon, say you just maybe have to use a little bit more or you need to get a really strong black tea concentrate so you get that little burn and, you know, that alkalinity in the back of, you know, your palate that reminds you enough of the spirit that you get it. Yeah. It's been really cool to figure out too and like tasting things and like, Russ, my boss at Red Dwarf, has been amazing about actually like getting in products that stand up in specifically our cocktails, but also that are just fun to play with. And a couple, honestly, we started out with a couple that I think we're going to be changing up because they aren't as shelf stable as you would expect. And so there was one, I don't even want to call it out because honestly, when I first tasted it, it hit me in such a positive manner that I insisted we get it. And it's like a version of a reposado tequila, quote unquote. And at first, like I just sipped it on the rocks with a little lime and I was like, oh my God, I felt like I was back in 2021 and life was simple again. And I was sipping tequila on the rocks like a crazy woman. Yeah. And like all of that just came flooding back. Like the flavor was really there. Now, all of this in a good way. This isn't going to make me run off with myself and undo my choices. But at the same time, yeah, it's like kind of cool to be reminded of those. It's like sense memory. It's like 
smelling your teenage boyfriend from far away. You know, it's like (laughs) these are dreamy little things. And uh, we just tasted it again. And I don't know if it's because the bottle has been opened and it's not marked that it needs to be refrigerated, but I think maybe it needs to be refrigerated or it just loses the botanical profile and the citrus that really made it so special in aging, just being open to air. So um, actually, I'm going to open up another bottle of the same batch and see if uh, it is the product Mm -hmm. or if it's that it just needs to be a freshly opened bottle, which is unfortunate because that's like, what do you get super small format of them? Like, Maybe some of these products do need to be packed in like a two ounce portion. So they are, you know, you're always opening it fresh mm-hmm. when you're talking about capturing you know, botanicals, essentially. And like these little herb flavors that just really kind of exist in a moment. Like it's not held chemically with alcohol anymore there's no alcohol in there to hold your spirit in place and freeze it in time so they have to figure out other methods and like yeah so that's where I don't know a lot about I mean I obviously know a little bit about what goes into spirit-free distillate making but that's kind of what has been hard to wrap my head around is that these flavors are even more fleeting because they aren't held up in an alcohol base. Yeah. So that's not preserved. Right. So it's harder to get them to stand up and be their own flavors while intermingling with other flavors. So I've found that like black tea concentrate has been an exceptional component for mocktail making for me at home. Like making basically quadruple strength um, Assam black tea. So it's nice, bitter, super strong. And using that as a substitute for like bourbon, making like a little old fashioned to sip on, but with like quadruple strength Assam black tea um, makes a really nice little kind of like a take on a bourbon mule too. All right. Yeah. So it's, there's lots of things even in everywhere that, we're putting in mocktails and making them a new thing because it's not just making a raspberry lemonade for the kids. You know, this is something heightened and we want to keep that beautiful cocktail making idea there. I feel like in such a short time, even so, so short. I mean, just like right, right pre-pandemic, like right there. I I feel like. I feel like my daughter at at her former job, mm-hmm. she was she was getting into mocktail making mm-hmm. and doing things like that, you know, and then we were going along and then the world shut down there for right. a minute. Non-alcoholic beers too. Yeah. Like we are in this heyday of actually well-made and delicious and refreshing non-alcoholic beers. Like Bravis specifically, let's say they're they make this raspberry goza. And I think we weren't able to get it for a little while, but wow, it actually tastes like a raspberry goza. Like I've missed beer. I I was a beer girl. And like that actually hit a craving. Okay. You just, yeah, you just got my attention with that one. But yeah, I've, I've had, um, I've been afforded uh, the abilities to try a lot of um, 
non-alcoholic beers mm-hmm. um, because my- Athletic is another great company. Athletic. Okay. Yeah. They have a huge selection too of like really intricately different, like specifically a, in the style of a pale ale, specifically in the style of a hazy India pale ale. Like, wow. Yeah. Like very okay. specific, not just like, so Bravest does one that's um oatmeal dark. Okay. And really, so it's like a light bodied stout. And then they have well, their I think my husband IPA. would like that one. It's we have it at Red Dwarf. You do? So next okay. time you're in, okay. we'll get you poured one of those. All right. Um the raspberry goes that we haven't been able to get. I don't know if it's going out of commission. I mean, I'll have to ask. Okay, but. so so we need to talk to the people that make that raspberry gosa and Bravest. tell them to please, please, please don't let it go away, yeah, especially because that. I need to try it. It's delicious. <laughs> it's so refreshing. And it's not just like, so hop water has hit a you know good spot too, where like, I think their product is delicious. It's especially delicious as a base mixer in a cocktail or mocktail. It's refreshing on its own. It really isn't just a flavored club soda. Right. It, the hops really are there. The terpenes really are there. You can feel them on your palate. So like that existing is great. And that is not what all these non-alcoholic beers are. They really are truly non-alcoholic beer. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I think I've heard of athletics. Athletic is pretty big. I would say they're probably the most popular other than like, I mean, the classics like St. Paul ENA and Milwaukee or old Milwaukee NA they've been around forever yeah. Beck's NA Beck's. Yeah. yeah I mean we've seen all of those um <clears throat> pardon me but even like Budweiser makes an NA now like I want to say almost every major brewery takes the time and energy to whether they're putting a lot of time and energy into it I sh- you know actually shouldn't say it like that but like they're making the products because they understand that there is a want and need for them so it's cool. I think like not drinking is just losing the stigma, you know, like when I was a kid and somebody's sipping on a non-alcoholic beer, it was like, oh, Uncle Paul, you know, those are his non-alcoholic beers because he's an alcoholic, you know, mm-hmm. he can't yeah. have alcohol because he's an alcoholic. Yeah. And there was this like just horrible stigma around choosing to not drink or even being an alcoholic. Like there's nothing wrong with being an alcoholic no. some people just are ill i'm an alcoholic yeah. i can't drink because of it that's right. what the treatment for alcoholism is had i been raised differently and it were not presented in such a negative light and made to be trashy or looked down upon or i don't know that i would have fallen into alcoholism myself so easily I think if I knew what I was looking at and I understood that it was not to be feared, suppressed, but understood and treated with one certain manner only, and that is abstinence and to respect my uncle Paul Mm -hmm. for his choosing to abstain from alcohol because he understood that he was ill. Back in those days, non-alcoholic beers did not taste very Oh my God. Right. (laughs) They did not taste (laughs) like beer. They did not taste like beer. And like... The fact that they did exist even then is like because people need them, because people have a right to enjoy a beer. I think everybody does. Right. You know, and that's part of mocktailing is like the camaraderie. It's that 
I don't want my friends that are choosing to not imbibe to ever feel uncomfortable coming to my bar. I don't want them to feel left out. I don't want anybody to think like, oh, I can't go out because what if I need to drink? I need everyone to feel safe and empowered to make the choice to drink or not drink by themselves. And then they trust you to know that the the drink that you hand them is the mocktail and not not the cocktail. 100%. And I know that that's a fear too I know. in people, you know, they're afraid to go to a regular bar mm-hmm. places like this because they're afraid that they they ordered one thing and they they're accidentally going to get handed another thing. Right. I think that every bartender owes it to themselves and all of their guests to maybe just be a little more careful and respect and understand that that sometimes our fear of being served is going to override our want to go out at all. Right. And there have been places that it took me a while to go back to after I stopped drinking because I didn't necessarily trust my friends there to not pressure me or not even offer me a drink. Now I have on the flip side, these great friends that I walk into their bar and within a week they were pouring me a club soda with a lemon and placing it in front of me and not even asking me what I wanted because they knew what I wanted. And they didn't lead me to a point where I would be fearful of possibly ordering. My husband stopped drinking last year and we started mocktailing at home (laughs) because that's what he missed the most was the cocktail glass with the ice. Cocktail hour. Cocktail hour, you know, every And now there's so many more options for us to make beautiful things at home. You can make yourself a non-alcoholic, I mean, anything pretty much short of a Manhattan. Like, But at the same right. time, you probably could make a riff on a Manhattan yeah, because got really we've got some non-alcoholic vermouths coming out. They're just like a funky wine. Great for, uh, you know, layers of flavor because... Yeah, just because we're not drinking alcohol doesn't mean we don't deserve delicious things. Have you ever been to the usual place? Yeah. Okay, so last summer we were there and I, I'm, I'm very good friends with the general manager, Carlos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Do you? is there a mocktail that you can make? He said, well, I can do a virgin mojito. Yeah. I, I didn't even miss. Well, I'm not a rum drinker really anyway. Oh, right. Yeah, I didn't miss it. And I learned how to make the virgin mojitos for mm-hmm. us at home. Sometimes, not all the time, because, you know, that that does have simple sugar syrup in there and mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I actually make them with um, monk fruit. So okay. they're sugar free. Oh, like okay. that's one of ours in like rotation is like just, yeah, fresh mint. OK, well, then and I'll lime because I have a couple. So I started getting into like stevia and monk fruit and figuring out which were the least evil because I had this regular who loved mojitos who was keto at Soul Belly. Mm -hmm. And she came in at least once a week and she brought her own like Splenda packets and or Stevia, whatever she was on that week. Mm -hmm. And realizing like, oh, wow, this, there's like nothing other than that. And like, how delicious is this? And so it's just really the alcohol at that point. And she swapped for, I think I made them with like the 
um, effing cucumber vodka because it was probably the least amount of oh, calories. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just like <laughs> cucumber vodka mojito with no sugar. Great. Like we can, anybody that wants to drink or not drink, like we can do it. I can do that as a mocktail for somebody whatever that is both alcohol free res- and keto. Yeah. Whatever your what? dietary restrictions we are, we you. can accommodate you. Yes. Yeah. We all have choices. So we shouldn't ever be made to feel a certain way or left out because of them. No, absolutely not. So I've really loved that renaissance of alcohol-free distillates becoming such a thing like liars has been around for years um they've been known for their like coffee syrup primarily okay um but they make this like orange one it's like blood orange but it's not it's what are they valencia maybe italian orange i think is what the name of it is okay but it has a zestiness it actually reminds me of the Valencia syrup that they used to have at Starbucks back in the day. It's like almost the exact same flavor. So you think of that. I use that in like this um, creamsicle kind of mocktail. That's awesome. Often too. Okay, we need to go. They make an almond one. Liars is great. They were so cool too when I posted my... um anniversary of quitting drinking um i posted that i made a mocktail with their product and like they sent me two other bottles oh that's awesome just like how nice yeah yeah so we were talking a little about about botanicals and i think botanicals is something that you know a thing or two about right yeah so i do um have a plant company like i i grow and kind of distribute houseplants, mostly um, exotic things from the depths of jungles. Um, Mostly have philodendron and syngonium. They're like super rare. I grow them from tiny babies. Some I get as big plants and cut down and grow into lots of other little plants. But um, I'm focusing more on renting plants to businesses and like installing plants and taking care of them in businesses for people that want plants, but either don't know how to or don't want to take care of them themselves. That's amazing. My first client has been a Yukon Pizza. I've had uh, plants in there since they opened in December. And yeah, I just go in once a week. I have a planter out front too with flowers and like refresh that and keep it watered, keep their inside plants watered and growing into their shelves. And it's kind of the idea of they're going to grow into the shelves. Like it should hopefully cascade over the front window eventually and be that like, like New York City pizza shop. You go in and there's a big freaking pothos taking up half the window that's lived there since the 70s. And, you know, just somebody waters it every week. That's amazing. Everyone that is associated with Yukon is just genuinely amazing pizza loving people. So and I have no pizza doubt. Looks amazing. <laughs> it really is yeah, like, it that's so my good. favorite slice in town. Like, okay. Not to knock my own bar that I freaking love, Red Dwarf, like Russell, Russell, you got our heart. We love you. But (laughs) heard this, Yukon Pizza has the best slice in town. 
Well, okay, because then then that's some serious hype. It's so, the rise, it's the yeah, bubble, I mean, it's everything. Like I used to run the secret pizza at Cosmopolitan. I know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yukon has the best slice in town. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they rent plants from me. My next big project is going to be um, Russell, my boss at Red Dwarf, is opening up another bar. It's going to be a what? blues and jazz club called oh. Fat Cat. Oh, yeah, it's going to be over more close to like. Fremont portion of downtown. Okay. And um, he wants plants. He wants plants hanging above his bar and he wants plants in his front window. And so I'm going to get him some plants. Well, he's, if he wants plants, then he should he have plants. He knew who to talk to. Yeah. I think Russell knows who to talk to in pretty much any aspect yeah. of anything. Like if he, he can't do it himself, he knows he exactly knows person, who to call. Yes, and there's very little he cannot do himself. Now, Russell, I did meet as mascot for the fabulous oh, City okay. Roller Girls. No doubt. I have a picture of he and I when we were just babies. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming by today. It's my this pleasure. Is, this is this was great. I uh, actually think that I'm going to launch a like mocktail sit down, if you will, like maybe a monthly meetup with. Um, like-minded individuals, whether it is at a bar or at a home and bring together some like new ideas, components for sippables at home, maybe make a cocktail together, maybe do it in tandem with something else like, Hey, I've got these plant problems. I don't know, but um, definitely a mocktail focused hang group. So I will keep you guys posted. Please on that do. Too. I think that we would really like that. So, yeah, I think that there are enough people and maybe there are enough bars that like we could find one that will host us and like give us your signature mocktail. What else do you have here? And like almost create an omnibus of places in town that have mocktails and what they have and how accommodating they are being. Yeah, we were I, we were shocked to find um, the mob museum, and um, my friend David is running it, or I think he still is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Tracy, we have mocktails on our menu. Mm-hmm. I said, what? Yeah, they have like several. Yeah, they they I are was, doing a great job. Wow, I Their was blown away. Yep. Yeah, and they don't make you feel strange when you are looking at the mocktail menu. That's another thing is. I have never been made to feel less than or different or an inconvenience or anything for ordering a mocktail. Right. I want to say like Esther's has a couple exceptional. They had this one. It was like a caramel apple Ramos gin fizz, obviously without the gin, but holy shit, it was so good. And I know that thing was annoying to make. and They didn't even act annoyed. And they wouldn't. It was great. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So just say everybody's getting with the program more and more. And I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, this was great. This yeah, was lovely. It was so fun. And I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that everybody's getting an education today on mocktails Heck yeah. for all of our listeners. We have lots of great stuff at Red Dwarf for anybody that wants to come in and hang out. I'm there most day shifts, but everybody at night loves to take care of non-drinkers too. Thanks so much. I'm Tracy Bradley, and that's the Thirst Trap Podcast. Produced and edited by Gonzo Greg Spillane for Noise Department. Our theme music is composed and performed by Jose Torres. 
Please like and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts and share with your friends and associates in the beverage industry or anybody who drinks things. You can always visit and contact me at thirsttrappodcast.com and you can find links to all the socials there as well. Till next time, cheers.